0: Okay, so hello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to your favorite Thursday evening show. You're with Giselle, the lovely Giselle. Check her out. I'm lead pastor at Pros of Grace Ministries in Stranra. She's also a politician and we're going to talk about that another day. But Giselle, is in... she's about to be Honorable Giselle. Okay, and we also have...
1: She's lovely. Yes. This woman, wait till you see her on the campaign trail. (laughs) Wait wait till you see the title then. Now, my real title at the minute is uh, the uh, Right Reverend Dr. Giselle. And then after that, the the Right Reverend Dr. Giselle MSP there you go yeah. <laughs> exactly
0: right Giselle I think that 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 kind of qualifies you to be an African we love exactly. our titles
1: yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean I know I know we we'll love turn. our titles yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I know you do. I don't, I don't like the titles. I don't use them. I don't. Yeah.
0: Reverend Dr. Mrs. And if you're married, there has to be Dr. Mrs. Oh, that's true. M-R-S. Well, it's not a joke. Yes.
1: Okay. Well, then I'll tell you what, I'll add all my names to it. You know, Uh, the uh, Right Reverend Dr. Mrs. Giselle Sterrett Hewitt Doris Skinner. There's all my names. <laughs> M.S. Oh, my God.
0: Where's be space on your campaign leaflet? <laughs> and we've also got the very lovely founder of CW in UK Christian women in the UK and that's the lovely Mrs. Sidoni she's got a few letters up to her name <laughs> you're gonna hear them tonight Yes, <laughs> she, um yeah the very dynamic. Founder. I'm trying to find the words to describe Sidonie, but she's the, you know, to put it in <laughs> you African terms, <laughs> she's she's the the mummy G O, yeah. Like yeah. in Africa, Hello. it's not just G O. General obviously, she's the mummy yeah. G O. Oh. Look, you've been <laughs> nice to <about> buy my
1: twin. I <laughs> also come and T. slap
0: you. <laughs> <again. laughs> okay, I tell you, and Sidonia twins, by the way, and yes, you, we are. you, you, guys, you don't even yeah. want to know the reason why. One day, it will all be revealed. But for now, we close it the way the Book of Revelation was closed for a while. So, and I am Goom. Just in case you're wondering, who is that crazy anchor? I'm Goom, and I'm an admin at CW in UK. Still looking for a title. (laughs) So tonight, you're the the boss lady. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm the boss lady. BL. That's those are the letters behind my name. The bank account still got to support that, guys. And incidentally, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Money, 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 money. Yeah. Money so, makes the uh, world go around.
1: Well, I think
0: a Bible quote that says "Money answers all." That quote has been abused a lot. But today we're gonna we're gonna be talking about the Christian and money because you know, as Jesus says, you know, money is a lubricant to life we we need it for many things right and so it's very important that we understand it and we um you know know how to use it responsibly and we know what God thinks about money because for us as Christians we're guided right by Mm -hmm. the word of God and how he um he expects us to behave with different things so Mm -hmm. um our economists in residence (laughs) She's looking at me. Now, I have to give you guys a bit of background about Sidonie, right? Some of you will know that Sidonie is Cameroonian. <laughs> and Sidonie is not just Cameroonian. She comes from a part of Cameroon, right? The Western region of Cameroon. These guys are, they're like the Jews of Cameroon. They know their money, okay? Mm. So if if you want to know anything about money, you speak to a Bamlike person. <laughs> But you're gonna be an economist in residence right okay <laughs> so Sydney, but me jeans aside mm. what do you what do you understand by money and why does it matter to the Christians I think money in
2: itself is nothing money is nothing it's it's the it's what we attach to money that is the problem so for some people mm-hmm money is security for some people money is wealth is affluence for some people money is a means by which to bless others and be a blessing unto others um for some people money is a legacy so i think you know money in and of itself is nothing it's it and this will vary from person to person it depends on the feelings, the emotions, and the importance that somebody attaches to money. So, you know, you might speak to somebody who grew up um, in a relatively poor um, demographic or household. And to them, if they escape that and they become affluent, to them, money is like a stepping up, money is a ladder. You know, money is security, Mm -hmm. money is they don't want to go back to where they were before. So, you know, they're gonna gather as much of it Mm. as quickly of it as possible. But then on the flip side, you give a million pounds, the same million pounds, for example, to somebody who was born into money, who to them money is just, you know, it's just there to be spent. It's money is (laughs) it's nothing.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think you money.
2: know, money is is money is a very interesting thing because money in and of itself is nothing. It's it's what we attach to money that is the real thing. And you know, it's like um, you know, the Bible is very clear. It's the love of money that is the root of the, money itself isn't a problem. It's the love of money. It's
0: the heart after which you go after money. That's what's the root of all evil.
1: Amen.
0: Oh, wow. That's really interesting. And I think it just makes me want to speak to you, G, because, you know, G has been a woman of means, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A very affluent lady. And so for you, Giselle, was it because you met Jesus that you gave up your wealthy lifestyle? Um, I mean, how was that process for you?
1: Yes, I guess it was because before I met Jesus, uh, living in Florida, I had a yeah, very, very comfortable lifestyle and years even before that, I had a very, very, very comfortable lifestyle. But then, yes, meeting Jesus, I gave up the business that I was making money hand over fist in with because it wasn't a, a good business for a Christian. And then after that, um, I went into ministry work and full time on ped ministry work. And that was far, far, far more rewarding than Mm. putting all my time and effort into earning a good salary at the end of the Mm. year or at the end of the month. So, um, you know, I've often told people that financially, this is the poorest I have ever been in my life. But it's the most fulfilled, joyful, deep peace, because I know that gorgeous, deep peace of God, no matter what's happening around me, I've got peace. And that's worth oh, wow. all the money I had anybody could ever have in the bank. Hmm. Yeah, And I'm living, we live month to month on a, a state pension. Wow. And so, gee, for you, was it difficult? Yeah. To walk away from yeah. that? No. Yeah. No, it wasn't oh,
0: difficult. Oh, that's at- good. No. That, that's great. And I think for some people, you you need the grace of God, right? I suppose... Was it just because you saw the peace that you could have in Jesus, and you were like, "Nah, nothing compares to this"?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. It, it was, wow. and 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 very early on, uh, in my walk with Jesus, because well, the story is that when I came, I came to uh, know Jesus at the scene of an accident, and my then husband ended up in hospital for two and a half years before he he, he died and went to glory, and I stayed at the hospital to look after him and i saw the hand of god working big time Mm. i saw the miracles i saw literally i saw me maybe only having a couple of dollars in my purse Mm. but that couple of dollars actually lasted for a long time and i got everything Mm. i needed and without without me asking for uh, for financial help money just appeared uh in the hospital room or in the bank account and you know, then when uh, my late husband passed away and I came back to Northern Ireland, I ha- had a private rented house and uh, I was using my savings to pay for the rent.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, the landlord wanted to put the rent up by 50 pounds a month. And that was going to be a struggle. And mm. I prayed about it. And I mm. said, OK, OK, Lord, uh, if you want me to stay here, uh, you'll supply the funds for me. And if you don't want me to stay here, you'll get me a cheaper place. A couple of days later, a, a, a lovely couple I was in ministry with that came and they said, gee, we feel led by God. We want to give you some money, a monthly donation for your own mm. personal purse. And I said, yeah, OK. Wow. And they said, no, it's not for your ministry purse, which they're already uh, tithing into And I said, no, that's fine. I know. I realize I understand it's for my personal purse because God told me it would be coming. And they tithed me personally every month, the 50 pounds extra I needed for my uh, rent. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know what? I love hearing
0: stories like this, like about the supernatural supply of God. Right. But I have a confession to make. I think Giselle, you're the one who made me really believe this story because I've heard people say things about the supernatural supply, right? And I know God can do it. But sometimes you hear this story so much, right? And you think, dude, like if we just don't get a job or something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but the you like the day you told this story, the first time I was like, whoa, okay, if Giselle is saying this, it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> it must be true. <laughs> No, it's true. guess Sometimes you need to know somebody, right? And their character and their credibility Mm -hmm. because we've all seen the sort of miracle money (laughs) (laughs) testimonies. We We thought that God can do it, but sometimes I'm not going to lie, I kind of side-eye some of those miracle money stories. And Mm -hmm. I think while it is really important to you know, yes, there are times when God would jump in. I myself have seen God jump in and give me financial help at a time when I couldn't possibly have raised that money by myself. Mm -hmm. And, but I I then ask this question, you know, as a Christian, and I'll come back to you on this, like, we know that God can do this, right? He can help you with financial miracles, but why is, how does God expect a Christian to earn money? For example, is God supposed to come every day and just help us when we need need money? Or like, does God expect work. us to do something? Yeah, God expects us no, exactly. to work. It's clear, to work. clear in the Bible. Yeah.
2: There, there, lots of Bible verses about this. Yeah, two Thessalonians three ten. For when, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command: if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Proverbs 14 23, in all toil there is profit, but mere talk only turns to poverty. There are loads, there are loads, loads of Bible verses. Work, honest, yes. hard work. Okay. Yes, the Lord is able to provide exceedingly abundantly over both, anything we could even wish for, even imagine. But yes. when he put Adam in the garden and asked him to tend the garden, he meant
0: adam work <laughs> yes yes and no I'm, and i say this right and we, we, we sort of laugh at it but you know in certain parts of the world probably more than others you see this kind of over reliance right on the divine supply um of god yeah i, Why I you was thinking about this yeah. the other i think just last week
2: actually that because you'll see that in those settings in those poorer demographic demographic areas of the world the global Mm -hmm. economy the prosperity gospel tends to thrive there yeah and that is because of the poverty levels in those places where people then turn to the hope of the gospel as the only hope that they have and that is even the hope that they have to feed their family. They literally yeah. need God to intervene to be able to feed their families. Um, and then God does, and then they, you know, they they give everything over to the to the local pastor because he asked them to, but that's a story for another day. Um, yeah. but it's it's that thing of because they are in such corrupt, poor economies. Mm the only hope that they can see in such dire circumstances sometimes i mean people leave university they haven't got jobs they get married they have children they they can't afford to feed their children um and so really for a lot of those people the hope of the gospel the the promise of divine intervention is really what they're hoping for um and so it's easy And some pastors do take advantage of that, in my opinion anyway, Mm -hmm. um, and flock this prosperity gospel over to people. And it becomes so much forefront that the real message of the gospel is not given an audience or it's not even given because God is so much more than Than your needs god is is so much more than you know he's he's so much more than money he's so much more than food your existence here is temporary god is your eternity um but obviously because the here and the now is the pain that we feel yeah we go to god to help us through the pain of the here and the now Mm. um and so yeah i think i think the poverty is something that Mm makes people cling on to that but there's something to the bible's clear you know good honest hard work again i'm i'm of of the firm opinion that when god created the garden of eden and he put adam there adam was to work he said you know this is your job name all the animals give them names name the birds this is Mm -hmm. the garden job and he was like and then god was like okay well actually looks like it's not good for you to be alone you need a helper i'll make you a helper even to the situation and then even when they do disobey him and he you know when he was speaking to adam he said you know if you eat from this tree you'll surely die Mm -hmm. they eat from the tree but in his infinite mercy and and compassion he doesn't kill them doesn't strike them dead yes he banishes them yes they cut off that communal um that communion that they had with with god but they didn't die they were dead obviously yeah. in spirit because that was broken but he didn't yes. strike them down he still offered the promise through eve that a redeemer would be would come through the woman to restore that relationship mm-hmm. but at the same time he lets the man know that you are going to have to toil it, yep yeah it's work you, you have to work yeah you have to before, work you, yeah before the fall he had to work after
0: the fall he has to work double but yeah you yeah. can't escape it it's part of god's <laughs> plan work <laughs> exactly and but, so just now we've 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 talked a little bit about you know churches and particularly in poorer areas but i also want to ask you as a pastor who runs a ministry right how important is money in the running of a ministry because i think that sometimes Maybe people don't really understand what pastors do. How, is, how important is it to finance God's work?
1: It's very important. Um, I, You two lovely ladies know that twice I went to work as a checkout operator in Morrison's mm. to get money to finance the ministry. I won't ask people for money. Now, I will ask my, my congregation that in person and online, because we, mm-hmm. uh, we have a nice online congregation as well. Mm-hmm. I will tell them, you know, uh there's bills coming up and we don't have the money to pay for it. Will you please pray that the finances come through mm-hmm. on time to pay the bills mm-hmm. and the people pray for it? Sometimes some of them will say, "Right, I feel led by God to give you X mm. amount of money," mm. and there is there's a, a a business bank account for the ministry, and all money goes into that, and mm-hmm. we have an AGM every year. And yes, wow. I have gone I have gone to work uh, mm. to get money just to fund the ministry. Mm. But I think it's very important. I I I personally don't like to see ministers, pastors, whatever. That uh, live a very affluent lifestyle, taking you, know, yeah, literally taking money out of the tithe boxes to fund their lifestyle mm. uh, uh, over their congregation. Now, I have never taken a penny out of the ministry, um, mm. and I won't take a penny out of the ministry. I would rather you, know, if the ministry ever got to that stage where it could pay the pastors, um, I would rather the salary or the small Mm. amount that I would be getting, I would rather put back in to help the needy because there's people worse off than me. Mm. Yes. And I think
0: we find that in the early church in particular, I think the majority of reasons why, or a huge part of the reasons why they actually took collections was to help the needy. I feel like sometimes now in the Christian world, people don't even know why they do collections. Mm. but that also brings me to the issue of tithing, which is kind of hotly contested. Some of us believe in it and some don't, but let's just clear this up today, G. There are people who believe that if you don't pay your tithe, you will be poor. What do you say to that? Because people will say, oh, the, in Malachi, God says, I will rebuke the devourer. So if you don't pay your tithe, to you give the devourer the right to wreck your
1: finances. Well, oh, I, I can just speak personally. God has been faithful to me. I've been from day one. I have been faithful to God in tithing. Mm. And anytime I have needed finances and everything, he has come through for me. There's been loads of times I haven't been able to tithe money, but Mm -hmm. I'm a great believer in tithing my time. And for a, a lot of people, to be able to sit down with them and have a cup of tea and actually listen to them, Mm. is very important to those people Mm -hmm. and god sees that and that is tithing as well so you don't always have to tithe money Mm. but ministries do need money because you know there's overheads there's rent to pay there's utilities to pay there's Mm -hmm. uh broadband to pay there's uh uh, licenses to pay you there's loads and loads and loads of things to pay so there is and that's got the the, the money's got to come from someplace and there's you know, even down to the basics to buy the tea and the coffee and the milk and the sugar when everybody mm-hmm. comes to church they mm-hmm. want a couple but they never yeah. think of, of buying a, a big pack of tea bags or something and give it to them they just, yeah it's that's there. true that's true because i suppose it, it's that thing of you
0: know really seeing the church as a community right mm-hmm. and because if, if you thought of it as your own family if you live in the family home you, you go into the supermarket, you see something, you mm-hmm. you know, you think, okay, we need some bread in the house, you just buy mm-hmm. it and bring it. So I think that you know, if, if more of us thought of our churches like that, mm-hmm. it would be easier, you know. And sidonie you've run a ministry yourself, and I know that for you, one of the most important things um, is accountability. sidonie is that person who she'll give you, she'll give you a receipt down to the last one penny for everything that you did. Right. And mm-hmm. I think if we follow the debates online or, um, wherever we are, sometimes people are very skeptical of churches, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Because they
0: feel like, Oh, they just want my money. You know, mm. um, what are they doing with my money? I don't even know. How important do you think transparency is in running ministries and how can that really help to build back the credibility of the church because for a lot of people this is one of the reasons why they struggle to set, set foot in the church they just feel like all mm. these pastors want to do take their money <clears throat>
2: yeah and i think you know and and some denominations are guilty of running the church as their personal business okay the church of god is not your business it's not your source of income it is not your you know you it's it's not there for you to fund like she said a lavish lifestyle okay mm-hmm. and i personally believe the the work of a pastor um aka a shepherd mm-hmm. is to protect the flock spiritually physically Um, and provide the flock and lead them to greener pastures Um, and if we were to follow the the example of the chief shepherd christ then you are to be a servant leader you are to sacrifice for the good of your flock you're actually to leave the 99 and go after the one that is destitute um, and in need of, of of hearing the shepherd's voice but I I think transparency, and like you said, I I'm completely transparent and I'm completely open. And I believe accountability is a thing, and it's a thing that is missing in a lot of churches because yeah. you know, I think we are accountable to God for everything that He's put in our care and in yeah. our stewardship, in our stewardship. And so on the last day, we are going to have to give account to God for um our time, our talent, our resources, and everything that he's given us here on earth. And in the same breath, I also think we are to be accountable um, and transparent to the people that give us their funds um, to enable Mm -hmm. us to run any ministry or outreach or whatever it is, is, because it's not our money. We're stewarding it for them. They're saying, here's 10 pounds. I am trusting you with this £10 because I believe in the work that you're doing. Yep. Now, I think I owe it to them to go back and say, this is the £10 that you gave me. I used £5 here, £4 there and a pound here. And this is how the £10 has been used. Or oh, I've only used £8, but there's £2 in the kitty just in the future for you never know what's around the corner type of thing. What Mm -hmm. that does is that keeps me open. It keeps me honest because I know that I have to give account for what's been entrusted in my care. That also, in the same breath, fosters and encourages the giver to give more because they feel that they have control over how their hard-end money is being used. Because I think a lot of the thing is control. People feel like when they give that money, they lose control. They lose control. They lose a voice. They don't know how it's going to be spent, where it's going to be spent. They don't have any sort of input in that. Now, if you go back to them and say, this is how I've spent it, you you then put control back in their hands. Because Mm -hmm. what you're actually saying is you're inviting criticism. I've had people turn around and say to me, why did you use the money to buy coats and you know i've had to say well it was dead in the middle of winter we saw that there were some children in the local community that didn't have coats and it was uh, i think this was the winter where we had the beast from the east that it was called at that point yes um, oh my goodness it was freezing yes and we felt that at that point we felt god was calling us to clothe four children and just give them warm coats because it's freezing out there and they're coming into school with jumpers um and it's just little things like that but that holds us accountable that keeps us honest that because we know that we have to give account but it also then instructs and or invites criticism and for Mm -hmm. people to say well actually the next time would you mind doing something else would you mind feeding the homeless instead or would you mind and we had that. And I think there was, a, there was a time when we offered food vouchers in the group for people that were struggling in lockdown. And we actually mm-hmm. ordered food parcels, I think it was from Iceland and Tesco, to go deliver mm-hmm. food to people that couldn't leave their houses or had to shield or whatever. Um, but I think it encourages that two-way thing, that in, in churches or ministries that are run as people's private um bank rolling funds <laughs> you don't get that you don't get yes. that two-way communication you don't get the opportunity to question and criticize your minister or your pastor and um, you don't feel yes. like you have a voice over how you know your minimum waged hard end after tax and ni has come out money that you donate to the church even if you give to aid it you don't feel like you have any voice as to how that money is spent and that mm-hmm that creates a deep mistrust between the congregation and the leadership. Yeah, and people absolutely. will leave because money is hard to earn. So people yeah. will leave if they feel like they don't have control over that relationship. And yes, I know yeah. some pastors will say, give it to God and trust God and you know, leave yeah. it and pastors. Yeah, but if you're going to stand on the pulpit and say to people, I am speaking with the authority given to me by God, then you're also saying, I am
0: spending your money with the authority given to me by God. And so you don't question me. Girl, she's talking. Yes, and I absolutely love that. I I really like what you say because it's an observation to that I've, I've made, right? That sometimes accountability, and I'm the same. The more you're accountable to me, I could literally empty my account for you if I knew that you were doing something and I they feel guys, like this, something. If, if, if you need money from you know what to do right Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, but I really think that sometimes right we over spiritualize this thing mm-hmm. and I feel that sometimes all you really need to do as a pastor right is explain to people what the need is okay mm-hmm. the church roof is broken or something we need money for this here's the budget let's mm. put money together because we don't want to come here and be in service and then the rain is falling over us. Sometimes just break it down to people in the most practical terms.
1: Mm.
0: Sometimes you don't need to over-spiritualize things. You don't need to say, oh, the Lord is saying, God has given it's us dominion rain. for a reason. <laughs> like, you know, the Lord doesn't command you to eat. When you're hungry, you know He's that you're going to of them. Them. <laughs> the Holy Handkerchief. <laughs> but it also takes me to a, an area where you, which you know very well, G right? prophecy and i think it's important for us to talk about this because first of all giselle should anybody be giving money to a prophet to prophesy for them no okay yes
1: That's you And no one and no one should be giving money to anyone to pray for them either
0: yes, yes. yeah because people, i mean somebody told me a story people give people thousands of dollars for prayers that's crazy but if you've ever if you've ever had to do that i'm sorry that was not the right practice and particularly for something like prophecy you may well have been dealing with a diviner in fact i have a friend who once said to me if you've ever had to pray like give somebody money right to prophesy for you or pray for you you might just repent for it because you may well have been dealing with a diviner so that brings me to a topic which is also somewhat controversial in the in the body of Christ, right? But let's talk about seed. <laughs> seed money. That's a business term, by the way. So Sidoni has kind of twofold knowledge of this, right? <laughs> but it's nice sometimes we are, this com- these conversations are not very comfortable for Christians to have. And it's hard sometimes to bring these things up in church. But gee, as a pastor, please really explain to me what's the biblical, <laughs> how can I put it? what's the biblical justification to give seed let's talk about money seed because i know that there are other types of seeds <laughs> what the why should anybody give seed to anyone Is it only
1: laughing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me the things we talk about um yeah, seed We're
0: money. Still going to offend very, so
2: very many people.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, sorry but these are real conversations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I appreciate. Conversations I appreciate the, the honesty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I suppose in a way, seed money. You would never ever ask anybody for money. Okay, but again, a church that I used to be involved with back in Northern Ireland, and it was a very small building, and. The car park at it was no bigger than a driveway at somebody's house. And a piece of land became available across the road from the building. Mm -hmm. And the pastor said, that would make a brilliant car park. That would get all our cars off the road road, and would stop uh, hazards of accidents and all the rest of it. Let's pray about it. Let's pray that if God wants us to have that, we will get the money. We started doing fun days and things like that to raise money and just different things, you car boot sales and things like that to raise the money. Mm -hmm. One lovely gentleman, a very wealthy gentleman decided that he wanted to leave a legacy because he was, he was dying and he wanted to leave a legacy and he bought the piece of land and gifted it to the church. Wow. Amazing. That, is I suppose saved money but the church wasn't asking for it the church mm-hmm. the way the way I do said let's pray about it and see what God yeah will, uh, will do and God yeah. then lays it if God lays it in someone's heart that they can afford it and they want to buy it or they want to give a nice big donation or something like that that's fine I've had some lovely big donations to the ministry which helped buy a lot of equipment like projectors. Uh, well, not projectors, one projector and uh, speakers and things like that to help the ministry. And that was mm-hmm. all. That, that was a gift from God. That that really was. kind person came along and wrote a check and that was it. Um, yeah. So that's probably a type of seed money too. But I yes. wouldn't. I wouldn't, I don't like any churches, any prophets, any things like that that ask for money. evangelists. Yes,
0: exactly. I mean, that's the thing. And I think sometimes what is sad for me is that sometimes people can resort to very manipulative tactics for these things. So you begin to say to somebody, let's say someone has a family member who is very sick you know, that's the time you to easily get them. You say, okay, so we'll see here. It's going to cure their cancer or whatever. So, but I think it's just nice to clarify this because as we were saying before, unfortunately, not a lot of Christians read the Bible or even um study it. So it's very easy sometimes to fall for certain things because you respect someone because you know they're a learned man of God or Lenin, man of the cloth and I think this just brings me to my next question to Sidoni the teacher of the word right (laughs) how important is Christian biblical literacy first on you know what does God think about money how important is it for us these principles that we're discussing now how important is it for Christians to know these things for themselves by studying the word and just to study the word in general it's everything
2: you cannot be in a relationship with somebody if you don't know them you cannot have a friendship or be in any kind of intimate relationship with somebody if you do not know their character you don't know what they think about certain things you don't know what offends them you don't know what they like and so you can't say you're a christian If you don't study the word of God, if you don't know his character, you don't know what he likes, you don't know what offends him. You don't know what he thinks about lying, cheating, adultery, sex, marriage, divorce. You can't say you're in a relationship with him if you don't know his thoughts on these things. Yes. Having said that, I am with Giselle. You know and this is completely subjective and personal. I am of the opinion that a seed is not asked for. Yes, it is imposed on our hearts by God to, to plant that seed. Mm-hmm. Um I and, love that word. It's, it's like it's like a it's it's almost like a covenant. You can make a covenant with God, you can say you know, people have said, God, you know, if you give me this child, like, you know, Samuel's mum, you give me this child, I will rededicate the child to you. That's entering into a covenant with God. Nobody asked her to do it. Yes. That was, that was what she wanted to lay at God's feet. And you have that people say to God, God, if you restore my health, I will serve you in such and such capacity all the days of my life. Now, God in his sovereignty may decide to grant that request or deny that request or delay it. But, you know, in his absolute wisdom, he will do as he wishes. Um, And so I I personally think certain things are not to be asked for. They Mm -hmm. are imposed on the heart by, by the Almighty. And you will know if you are to sow a seed like yes, there's, there's no to me personally there's no pastor on earth that can tell me to sow a seed like it
0: just it it just will not speak it's a fake seed it won't speak to my heart <laughs> this is so you know what i'm laughing when you said when people make promises to god guys I, I, I made some promises to god okay especially when i was the oh if it. i get this job i would do this and that those seeds died they definitely didn't right. even make it <laughs> and
2: it's it's one of those things where that's that's my opinion now. some people might i know a lot of people would would disagree with me and that's fine but i think it's a matter of the heart it's a relationship between you and god you know it's like you know sometimes you can say to you say to your friend if you you know buy me dinner today i'll do you something when i get paid i'll i'll do you one over i'll do you one better yeah and it's it's that kind of relationship but it's a relationship thing you don't get a third party coming into the into the relationship and going, oh Sidoni, if you buy Giselle dinner today next month is going to take you lot to the Ivy restaurant like, like <laughs> to, you
1: know what mean? It <laughs> yeah I, it doesn't
2: work like that a third party yeah. cannot impose into the relationship yeah. of what you know what we're going through so that's 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 where I stand on that subject. And I think it's important for Christians. Please, 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 please. Um, Some Christians have a very consumeristic, if that's even the word, forgive me if it's not, approach to Christianity. Mm -hmm. It is not a product. I know some, some evangelists and pastors and ministers package it very well. They have the lights, they have the smoke machines, they, 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 they know the Bible, they have the stage effects, they have the sound effects. I know some people package it very well, but it is not a product. Yes. It's yes. not there for sale and it's not there to be consumed. Yes. And if you want to consume something, you go to, for example, you go to Tesco, you buy a sandwich, you open it, you eat the contents of the sandwich and you discard off the box. Yes. That's not Christianity. Christianity is, you got to get involved. you got to go buy the flour. you got to make the bread. Then you're going to make your filling. Then you're going to decide how to make your filling. Then you have to pack it up in your pack lunch and take it to work with you day in, day out. Yep. you got to do yes. that day in, day out. You have to put the work in day in, day out. So you have to read your Bible. You have to know God for yourself. Don't rely on anybody else. Because here's the thing. People's interpretations of the Bible are different yes Hmm. depends on your seasons depends on your experience and so this is what I believe now a lot of people will come at me for this but I sincerely believe nobody has a monopoly over the interpretation of scripture nobody not your pastor not your bishop not your pope nobody has a monopoly you could read a bible verse today and it will speak something to you And 20 years later, you read the same Bible verse and it will speak something different to you. You can hear Giselle preach about something, you know, a chapter and verse today and get something from it. And the very next day you hear another pastor preach about the same thing, the same Bible verse, and you get something else from it. Nobody has a monopoly over that, that information, only God. And God is the holder and giver of all knowledge. So Go to him and ask him for his divine revelation. Whenever you approach his word, ask him to reveal to you the lesson that he intends for you to get from that message. And it's the same with any pastor. I do that, you know, for example, before I go to church, or before I listen to a, a pastor or a sermon, I ask God to open my heart, to learn from it, what he would have me
0: and to discard wow. anything that he does not want me to. give. <laughs> such, you know, what? that's a tip. I'm still going to copy that. I have, oh wow Sydney I really love this tip I really yeah. do because it's important to filter things through God's mind right just yeah. like you said even what, like what we've talked about with giving you know sometimes people preach from their soul and it's not always necessarily a bad thing maybe they're having a, a, a bad day right or mm. if you're in a state of worry you may emphasize certain things that you you, you, you may not normally emphasize or mm-hmm. some people are just downright manipulative let's be honest mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if you are not filtering things right like if somebody's saying okay a good example is like it's better to give than to mm-hmm. to receive right mm-hmm. a great 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 statement somebody I listened to a teaching the other day that somebody did and I've heard that scripture so many times but the way he preached about it I was like wow mm-hmm. it motivated me to be a giver right mm-hmm. but that's because he was explaining how when you give, you're really being of service to people, and it mm-hmm. makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. And the way he explained, that, I was like, "Wow, this makes me really want to go out of my way for people." Mm-hmm. But another person could really twist that scripture, right, mm-hmm. and take the last pound that you've got in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is really important, and that, it's like important said, because yeah. it's like, say for example,
2: if you are if if say for example you're you're listening to a, a preacher who is going through a divorce who's preaching. Yes. On marriage, they're going to come across completely different to a preacher who's been married for 50 years happily and is just about to celebrate their 60th wedding anniversary. Yep.
1: It's a completely
2: different
0: complete <laughs> sense. We're, even vessels. We're all, and this is why it's very important to note the humanity of exactly. every Christian, really, not just the leadership, because sometimes I think we, we lift our pastors too high, we lift yeah. our bishops mm-hmm. but These are human vessels, right? And so sometimes, even when you pick up these human experiences, especially when you know them to be people of integrity, pray Mm. for them. Don't Mm -hmm. just outrightly condemn them, right? Let's say your pastor is talking about money a certain way. It could be because the church is going through a financial crisis. And he doesn't really know. And so maybe pray for them and approach them if you're that friendly and say, okay, pastor, what's really going on? You -hmm. could help because I think sometimes we're so quick to throw stones but mm-hmm. people have very human experiences just as if Sidonie called me one day and I answered the phone a certain way she'll be like you don't really sound like yourself what's going on so we should always remember that these people they are shepherds they are leaders mm-hmm. but they are also God's children mm-hmm. and just before we round off Sidonie you mentioned something important mm-hmm. Angie you can also talk about this gift eight I found out guys and forgive my ignorance right but I found out recently that I could have been gift aiding to my church for a very Girl, long did time. did not know that? because <laughs> I I just used to automate my charity donations, right, and not really right. bother. So, yes, guys, I could I could be ignorant like that. I'm no longer ignorant. But for anybody who didn't know about gift aid, how does it work? If you want to gift aid to your church, which I think, guys, if you're part of that family you want to see it thrive, how does it work? What do you do to gift
1: aid? Gee, do you want to... Talk about, do you get or gift maybe in your church? Well, I personally don't like gift aid. Mm-hmm. I really oh. don't. No, okay. I don't. Because that's you giving a gift to a ministry, but mm-hmm. you're getting a tax break on it. Right. Yeah. No, that's not coming from your heart. If you're going to give some money to a church or to a ministry or to anyone, you give it from your heart, not because you're going to get something back see i see i think you're right because you've spoken there about motive for me
0: the way i saw it was like you know what i'm i'm doing two good things here i'll get a tax breaker somebody's gonna benefit from it so i kind of had my Hmm. business i never thought about i never thought
2: about it like that but
0: for me i feel like if it is because i think it's like they double it for the church right or something I think so. so that's for me, that's I how thought. I saw it. Like I felt like my church is going to get more, and if I can do this and get money for my church, then why not? So I think it's really a question of motive. But you're right, Jesus. There are people who make cha- charity donations just because they get tax breaks.
1: So mm-hmm. that's not, not really
0: giving if yeah. your motive isn't right. No, that's, yes. That's okay. The so motive. I tell you
2: what. How about we look into it a bit more? The tax yes. implications. Um, the benefits to the churches for you gift aiding it. And then mm-hmm. we will put information on the group. Good, because I think I think is, yeah, I think it's yeah. really important for people to know. And then they can make their minds up um, which way they, they want, want to. to go. So, yes, yeah, so yeah. yeah. let's put together, we'll, we're going to put together a bit of information or we'll send you a website link as to the benefits That's- for you as the giver with, with mm-hmm. regards to tax implications and tax breaks but also the potential benefits if there are any to the ministry that you're gifting mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then you can weigh out personally pros and cons and pray about it and see which way the lord will want you um, exactly. to sway i think that's yeah. a good idea
0: Really is a question with the heart. So, ladies, it has been an amazing conversation. Unfortunately, Absolutely. all good things come to an end. And you see, we didn't even bring out the holy handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I hope you've learned something today, and I hope this encourages you to go and search the scriptures <laughs> and really see what God's mind is. And there's a good book that I read that I would recommend, God's <laughs> Plan for Your Money by Derek Prince. It's a brilliant book. So, why is Sidoni laughing?
1: Because no. she's got her handkerchief out and she's, you know. <laughs> I mean, I kiss and I kissed it here. 20 pounds and all your problems will be solved. Oh, my goodness. They are
2: terrible.
1: You have a baby, you'll get married, you'll get a new job. What a load of bologna. I tell you. No, I tell you. No, 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 no. no, no. Stay, I- folks, stay away from people like that. Seriously. Yes. This they serious is what it looks like They're, to be a they Christian woman sh- in the UK, <laughs> thing. They are charlatans. They really mm. are. If, if you want somebody to pray for you, <laughs> if you're going through. Now, when someone prays for you, a pastor or a brother or sister or whatever, and they help you spiritually and you want to recognize that and give them a few pounds or treat them to a night out or treat them to a weekend away or treat them to a round-the-world cruise, that's one thing, but not when they're asking you for money before they do it Mm. don't do it okay the gospel is free prayers are free healing is free Mm -hmm. prophecy is free no so that was a really good one from g
0: right so g seeing seeing as you concluded so well if you could just pray us out and i would request a prayer for people's ability to understand money and steward it as god wants them that's my prayer point that i'm requesting
1: There you go. Okay. Oh, Heavenly Father. Father God, we give you thanks for everything that you have done for us and every blessing that you have given us. And Lord, we, I give you thanks for Sidonia and Naomi here tonight and this Zoom call. I give you thanks for the provision mm. providing the internet and the Zoom and everything, Lord. Mm. And Lord, as Naomi said, we're asking that you give people knowledge and wisdom to use the knowledge correctly in their finances what Mm -hmm. they're to do and lord especially to stay away from charlatans that are going Mm -hmm. to be robbing them blind from their money Mm -hmm. and lord there are many people that when they become born again believers new christians new due to faith they think they have to give up every penny they have and live a life of poverty that's not what you want for them either lord god it's not Lord, I know you want us to have the best of everything, but you also bless us to be a blessing to other people. Mm. And many times we forget about that also, Lord. So Lord, check our hearts, check our attitudes, mm. check our giving, mm. and check that just that we are doing everything according to your will mm. and correct us with everything that we're doing wrong. And Lord, until we meet everyone again. I'm asking you by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with everyone. Bless them always. And thank you for everything you've done, Lord. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. 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 Right, thank everybody. You, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much. Giselle. thank Yiselle, you. Yiselle. Yiselle, and thank you everyone for staying with us.
1: Bye. Okay. Okay. So Bye, everybody Thursday. in Zoom land. Bye. Bye.